Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready, Chicago's premier divorce podcast. With us tonight, fantastic panel again, Laura Barr from Embark Collaborations, Angeline Schuler from New Vista Behavioral Health, Linda LeBlanc from LeBlanc and Mulholland, and Olga Stambler from Hearst, Robin, and McKay. Tonight's show is brought to you by our sponsor, Linda Lucatordo and The Oasis Experience. Linda helps clients create their own new lives as they go through the divorce process. Create the life you deserve and re-identify, re-energize, and rediscover yourself. Check out their website at oasisexperience.com or call Linda at 630-887-0374. So, the light at the end of the tunnel, if people find out that they're in a parental alienation situation and they fix it because it can be fixed, right? He makes it sound so simple, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'm a total optimist. I see the good in people. I got to these days. I but used to. How do you... <laughs> yeah, this, then she how met you, me. What, when you bring people back together, talk a little bit about that. Well, that's something different. So the best prevention for parental alienation and the best tools that we have is co-parenting. And so research shows that time and time again, if we can get the people to lower their hostility and to work together, that's going to be the best way to cut off parental alienation. I just want to say, I tell every client I have to do co-parent counseling, and it's amazing how it's not a known... Like, people know when their marriage is ending, we should try counseling. Mm -hmm. To save the marriage. What they don't know is to try counseling to redefine the marriage. Because if you have kids, you're still going to be in a partnership. It's just going to be different. So if you can still put some of those old issues to bed and work through some of that stuff that is making you angry and hurt and not your best parent, I'll send them to you all day long. Great. (laughs) Awesome. No, but so co-parenting, best solution so I developed a program okay. and the program is evidence-based and um, it, it combines two components. One is a six-week um, group setting of education. It's technically psychosocial education. Um, and the reason I like the group is because other people who are going through it can talk to each other so much more than some therapist getting up there talking at them. And so it really does kind of build this environment where people are working to get better and they have the support of other people going through the same things. And then I have also six weeks required of co-parenting counseling and that's where we talk about individualized issues. And I cannot tell you how many times people come out of the first like class, the first group, and are just like, whoa, I've done every single thing on that list. Uh, no, they're bad things. They're the wrong. Oh things. yes. Oh yeah. Okay. They're yeah, like, they're not bragging. No, yeah. no. Like I had one guy that was just like, I left the, and I could not leave the parking lot. I was just staring at my steering wheel, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing to my children? And so it's really eye-opening. It's powerful. Um, it, it gives people the perspective because we actually ask them to um, take the perspective of the child and then watch a series of people fighting, like videos of parents fighting, and then we ask them, what is the child upset about? What might they be feeling? What would be the long-term consequences? if they continue to feel this way. Wow. And so by being able to do this, and usually it works with like moderate, um, the really severe cases, it doesn't really unfortunately work that great because they usually have some personality disorders that aren't going to really be as impacted <laughs> by how their actions are affecting others. But um, for like mild and moderate families, even though it's called high conflict, it, it does seem to really help. 
And what's neat is I see that it helps like six months down the road. So even like when they're in it, it's like so frustrating. But then like I continue to monitor them sometimes on our family wizard, which is a great program. And um, I'll go back in and I'll look at their co-parenting relations down the road and, and you'll see like just the work that they've done and how it really sunk in. Wow. So I've even seen some of Angeline's um, re- reunification cases and she makes them do the parenting stuff too, the co-parenting. Um, and I've seen the ones that do it willingly um, and they seem to not be at the office anymore. And I see the ones that have had to be ordered to go to it for court. Um, and yeah, they're, they're still around the office sometimes. So the reunification part of what she does is really something that is unique to her and we don't have many providers who do it in the can area. That, can That's reunification, true. can that be can that be forced into a, I shouldn't say forced, but, but can be required in an MSA as an example? Can you like say, hey, you yes. know what, there's been alienation leading up to the divorce and during the divorce and now as part of this, everybody's gonna do a reunification council. So an MSA is, well, just, is a marital settlement agreement and in Illinois that's money issues, um, but as long as it's not unconscionable, two people can agree to anything. So you can definitely, as part of your like allocation judgment, your parenting plan, agree that therapy will be part of it and reunification therapy, if there's really been alienation with one parent, can be part of it. Also, a, a judge can order it. Well, and then I was yeah. going to say, if if it's in there and then they don't do it, what happens? Can they lose, then they're in contempt? Can they lose custody? Yeah. Is that well? So, then they're in contempt. And then okay. you can and then you can enforce it just just like if you're defaulted on uh, on any judgment. It uh, an M, once an MSA is entered, it's a judgment. It's enforceable like any judgment. All provisions are enforceable. And if somebody doesn't comply, they're in contempt, and then the court can find them in contempt and force them to comply and sanction them. Con- contempt sounds really horrible, um, but when you get down to it. Most of the time, you're found in contempt and you have to pay the other person's attorney fees. You may get threatened with jail time, but that almost never actually ends up going through. Um, So one of the nice things that Angeline does, and I'm going to send this over to her so she can tell you about it, is that she involves the whole family system. Um, And part of that is we really need to kind of get the, the system on board with enforcing the entire family system participating in the reunification counseling because it's not just the parent and the child who have the problem because reunification counseling can also be done you know dad just hasn't been around for six years or you know mom and dad didn't get along and you know maybe mom had a drug problem and now she's clean so it's been two years um so it's not always an alienation thing there are other ways to get in there um but if the whole family doesn't buy in and participate, that's when the process just really can't work. Well, and you had mentioned that you do something novel or that works, I guess. So what do you mean by the whole that. family? Yeah. Okay. So Plain. What, what's with reunification counseling, and this is what the research has said. So I'm going and I, I start my practice based on research. Research says that parental alienation, it's not like a diagnosis in the DSM where, hey, you know, if you have depression, you have these symptoms and this is, you know, your diagnosis. It's actually a dysfunctional family process. So that means that there are interplays between family members that reinforces this process. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, my kids will oftentimes make fun of their grandmother for being silly. And they can actually be reinforcing feelings of disdain towards their grandmother, even if I have nothing to do with it. So the reason we include the whole family system is so that we're including the children, you know, because one sibling could have really not liked that dad or that stepdad or whatever, but the other two children are from that stepdad. And so we 
like get the whole system to come together and we try to hash out some of the the things that are causing the discord and we give our best go and the parents that come in and they're doing this and oftentimes like the cases that she had mentioned where hey you know one parent was absent for a couple years or you know there was some reason why the person was away and everyone's on board they go very quickly and very successfully into getting the child connected and having a good parent-child bond which is really what the term reunification counseling is an umbrella term for helping children have a better bond with their parent. And sometimes that bond can be strained for many reasons. I get a lot of affairs and the children might side with the person who was like the innocent spouse. And, you know, that takes a little bit longer to get through. But if I can get the the spouse to also come in and or the former spouse to also come in and help do the work with the kids, then a lot more gets accomplished. Um, sometimes in cases of severe alienation, I absolutely cannot get the parents to cooperate. And unless there's some court intervention where the parents are going to be forced to come, but even at that, they're still going to continue their alienating behaviors. And then reunification counseling is not very successful. So it's like quitting smoking, right? You've got to want to actually have it work to, to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then if we cut out the parent, what happens is then I see the child and the and the other parent trying to strengthen their bond. And then the minute they leave therapy, yeah. they go back out to the lobby, tell mom everything that just happened or dad everything that just happened in session. And they automatically undermine the whole hour we just spent in there. And so it has to be a family system approach. And it's very challenging. And it usually takes say, about a year. The more people you bring to it, it's got to be crazy. It's like yeah. herding cats. But, but if you think about it, they, they embrace that notion decades ago in terms of addiction. Right, that the dysfunctional mm-hmm. relationship between an addict and the spouse or an addict and the kids had to be addressed as well as the addict themselves or the addict's gonna leave their rehab or their 12-step program and go back into the same behavioral patterns or the same triggers or the same temptations and then you're back at square one, right? So that's kind of taking that thought process to a different dysfunctional behavior? Yes, yeah, so it's a family systems approach. And it, it does, like I said, it's very difficult. It's a difficult line of work and you get a lot of criticism. Um, but the other thing we have is a step-up plan. And I wanted to tell you guys about that yep. if we have a moment. Shoot. And so sometimes, like, so let's say that a parent's been absent for some time for some reason, maybe work or possible addiction. And now they've gotten themselves clean, they've gotten their lives together, and they want to start re-engaging with their child. Well, obviously that child might not feel very comfortable with just being thrown into parenting time with that parent. And so we develop a plan based on each individual's like level of you know, involvement that says, you know, hey, we're going to start out with supervised visitations and we're going to have you come in and we're going to monitor how did it go. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to move up to day visits, you know, for a couple hours and we're going to see how did that go. And then we just keep stepping up over the course of like six months to where they get to guideline visitations or something, you know, hopefully beyond that, or maybe even get their time with their children back. And so it's a process where I am a therapist and I have a bunch of other roles and titles and hats too. Um, but the what I do is I just measure, you know, how is their comfortability? Every week we check in, how's the kid doing? And then we follow through on like if interventions need to be put in place, like, hey, you know, when you made fun of stepdad's shirt, dad, that really upset the kid, <laughs> you know? So could you be more mindful not to make any comments, even if it's joking about stepdad? Oh, oh yeah, That'd sure. Hard. Is it pretty child led then, but the child's comfort level or is it kind of both? It's, it's, it, there's a two components to it because with alienated children, it's really tough because they're never going to say they're comfortable with that other parent because it's going to be a betrayal to their alienating parent. But what we do is we go, was the interactions appropriate? Was there any safety concerns? Was the child in danger at any time? And then we go, okay, well, they've had some successful visits then. Let's step up to the next phase. 
Oh, yeah. that's a step up. Pack. And as a lawyer, what I always hear is my kid's not comfortable. My kid's not comfortable. I'm like, well, of course your kid's not comfortable. You only allowed the visit to happen for, you know, at 30 minutes at the Dairy Queen and you stared at them from the parking lot the whole time. I wouldn't be comfortable either. Um, or, you know, dad gave the kid back early when he was supposed to have him for two hours. He only had him for an hour and 45 minutes. Well, because you showed up. And when you show up, he's going to, you know, the kid sees you and wants to go or, you know, whatever it is. Um, the problems, the pitfalls I see with step up plans legally is that our courts will do them. And they'll say six weeks of this, six weeks of this, six weeks of this. And there's nothing in there to say, okay, at that six weeks, we're going to check in and make sure things are actually going well. Why not? Just because it's how they do it and that's yeah, how they always do it. You were nodding. Do you see a lot of the same minimum? Yeah, right? well, yes and no. Um, I definitely see step up plans. Um, but usually it is with, almost always, it's with a therapist involved. So there's, there's this tug of war because we don't want the therapist to play judge and give the therapist too much, um, you know, discretion and role. So you're not going to see, you know, a judge say, well, it's going to be per the therapist determination how the step up works. But the therapist and almost always there's a GAL or child rep that is communicating with the therapist and then the GAL will get the therapist's recommendations and report to the court. So it's a combination of people kind of looking in, um, in terms of what, how the interaction is going and when is the next appropriate step up. It's Definitely not perfect, but I definitely see a number of people looking into the process and progress. So, ton of information, but the thing I like coming out of this is it sounds like there's ways to solve a lot of these. So if people have Eternal questions, optimist. on I am the optimist, which is crazy. Um, if people want to know more about reunification counseling, but also a lot of other interesting things you talked about, what's the best way to get hold of you? Um, well. Um, so I have we have two practices. I have my um, therapy practice, which, which is New Vista Behavioral Health, and it's um, www.newvistanwi.com. You got it right. I was watching it. Right and then um, at Schuler and LeBlanc, we just opened a guardian at Lightum parenting coordination and um, mediation practice in wow. Northwest Indiana. So, is this the first announcement? Um, <laughs> there you go. Look at it. So uh, Schuler and LeBlanc is um, it's just www.schulerleblanc, okay. which is S C H U L L E R L E B L A N C dot com. Best phone number if they want to give you um, a call it is two one nine two eight five two one four three or two one nine four eight four two one four three. Awesome. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.